Here we are uh, today at the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark, and uh, at the outset of Jesus' ministry, he, he has this uh, scene where Jesus is teaching in the synagogue with authority, but then um, during that time, there's someone who it, it appears uh, is possessed by a demon or multiple demons, um, and so he has to deal with that. So I thought it'd be a good uh, time for us to have a little bit of a catechesis on, on demons and Satan, um, because you, you don't always get that. So we go back to, you know, creation, that we, we know a good deal about our own creation based on divine revelation. And really everything we know about angels comes from divine revelation. There's some theology that, that comes afterward that kind of pieces it together. But, it, you know, when we look at the scriptures, we have angels and fallen angels all throughout the scriptures from the very, very beginning to the very, very end. And so what do we know about the angels? Well, we know, of course, that they're created by God and they're created in his image, just as we are. And what makes us and them created in God's image is that we have intellect and will. We can know and we can choose. We have free will and we have intellect. We can know truth, we can pursue truth, we can, you know, et cetera. The same with the angels. The difference, of course, is the angels in eternity do not have defects of intellect and will as we do, a darkened intellect, a weakened will. The angels in eternity with God perceive everything, know everything as it truly is, including God, and their choice is perfect. That is, it's irrevocable. Now, what this means is that, as we believe because it's been revealed to us in the Scriptures, that those angels who rebelled against God, Satan and his minions, their decision is irrevocable because they're not encumbered by those defects, right? Their choice is permanent. And we, we know that because God has told us that there was this rebellion in heaven and Satan and, and the others were thrown out by Michael. An important thing to remember here is that Satan is not God's opposite. God has no opposite. If God had, had an opposite, he wouldn't be God because then you would be positing that there's an opposite, powerful, negative, evil force that is just as powerful as God, which is basically the same thing as saying that God is not God. No, Satan is an angel who chose against God as well as all the other demons as well. So he's the opposite, if you will, of St. Michael who stayed faithful and true and chose for God, to love God. So they were thrown out of heaven and they exist in hell, but they've been allowed to continue to roam the earth, as it were. And they appear very, very quickly, Satan does in, in Genesis, having a part in Adam and Eve's temptation. So God continues to allow Satan and demons to have influence over us. This should give us a certain amount of questioning. Or it, should, it should lead us to question, I think, why? I think that's a reasonable place to be, position to take, which is, well, why would he allow that? 
Why would he allow evil to continue to affect us in such a fashion? But it really, well, number one, you might have your own answer to why. Um, the why isn't going to really help us. But here's, a, here's a, just, just sort of a quick answer to it, which is God upholds the freedom he has given us. He doesn't take away our free will every time we're about to do something bad, right? I mean, we experience evil that exists in the world, natural evil, and, and that's difficult for us, but it's not as difficult um, in some ways as moral evil, the evil done by others. And the evil done by others is done because they have freedom to do it. And he's not gonna just stop everyone before they commit evil. That would be the same thing as not giving free will. So he upholds our free will to such a degree that he will not intervene even when we're going to harm someone else. And the same is true of, of the fallen angels. They have freedom of will. And he's not going to intervene and take that away from them, even though it causes great trouble for us and, and the rest of the world. Now, when we're talking about what demons do or their activity, um, it's generally divided into what's called possession and obsession. And possession has to do with a person basically giving up their free will, choosing to allow uh, some sort of demonic entry into them. And so there's really no reason to be afraid of such a thing so long as, you know, we don't choose to do that, right? Somebody has to give access for that to occur. The more common um, demonic activity has to do with what's called obsession, which isn't us, it's them. <clears throat> it's sort of their obsession with us, as it were. I mean, it's not exactly what it means, but it, it's probably the way to think of it. To, to make it clear. You know, it's, it's kind of like the caricature of the, the, the devil or the demon on your shoulder trying to influence you to do something negative. It's that sort of thing. They just keep interfering. There is this spiritual reality, right? We have to remember that as human beings, we are both physical and spiritual, a composite of both, um, and united, not one over the other. And so what we do physically has a spiritual dimension and often the other way around as well. And so we are caught up in a great spiritual battle. And I know that we can, if you just reflect on, on how difficult it is to remain faithful, to do what is good, etc., it comes to the fore that yes, this is a battle. Sometimes even just to pray, which we know we should do and kind of like to do, and, and, but at the same time, it can be difficult. For some people, it's just even difficult to get to Mass on Sunday, right? I mean, so to do the good is sometimes almost Herculean for some people. But nonetheless, we're, we're caught up in this spiritual battle, and there are forces on the other side trying to get us to choose against the good. And that is through Throughout all of the scriptures, the testimony is there, including Jesus himself. You know, there's a couple of mistakes we can make regarding uh, Satan and, and devils. One is to, uh, to think of them as, as just sort of the caricature, you know, uh, some goofy-looking guy in red tights and a tail, you know, and all the rest, and then we just treat them like it's no big deal. That's a mistake. The other thing would be to give them far too much concern as well as credit. Because at a certain point, if we just blame everything on Satan, why is there evil in the world? Because Satan did it. Then we 
negate our own free will also, right? It's a very simple, easy way for people to explain things that they either can't understand or they, they you know, can see is evil and not good. Well, Satan's just the cause of it. Well, no, he's not. Human beings still have free will. They might be influenced as we are by many things, not all of them satanic. We're influenced by all sorts of things in this life that pull us away from the good. Jesus has been clear about this. But if we trust Jesus, then we probably should trust what he says, which is that this spiritual battle exists. So the why is eh, somewhat dissatisfying. As is typical, the more important question is, what are we going to do? What do we do? How do we approach such a reality? Number one, we should not be afraid. There's no reason to be afraid. Think of Satan and demons as bullies. They're basically bullies. And the way to deal with a bully, there's a few ways, but principally the way to deal with a bully is to have a stronger force coming up against him. And the strongest force there is, of course, is God. And God is far more powerful than, it's even silly to say it, than, than Satan and all of his minions. And so what does the Lord give us? He gives us grace. The importance of grace. The importance of God's life within us. This is really kind of the, what, we t- what we practice as Catholics is living in God's grace. If you've got the grace, we don't need to be afraid. And the Lord gives us so many ways of receiving grace, principally the sacraments where we know we're receiving grace. And then of course, he will also give us grace in other ways through prayer, right? Through, through giving us help throughout the day, etc. But we know for sure we receive grace when we receive the sacraments, principally, of course, the Holy Eucharist. And so what we do as Catholics to deal with this tension, right, this battle that exists between the spiritual and the physical is we arm ourselves with Jesus Christ. He is the victor. We don't need to be victorious. He already is. We don't need to win the battle. It's already been won. Will there still be suffering? Yes. Will there still be death? Yes, but it is no longer the final word. The final word is resurrection. The final word, of course, is the victory of Jesus Christ. So we were undeterred because, yes, we see the evil, we experience the evil. We will, we will certainly at times seemingly be overwhelmed by the evil, but we need not fear that it is ever going to be victorious. The Lord will allow it to persist, but not forever. Please stand.